Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Bono looking to pass the football. Goes in the middle. Pass is cut. Touchdown, Kansas City. Touchdown, Chiefs. Touchdown, Chiefs. Daniel Hughes took the bullet over the middle from Steve Bono. First and 10 for the Chiefs at the 14 of the Steelers. Halfback pass. Marcus Allen right side. Touchdown, Kansas City. Daniel Hughes from Marcus Allen. Expert analysis, news, and views. From Chiefs Radio Network color analyst, Danon Hughes. This so-called number one defense in the NFL that hadn't played anybody during the last part of the season, and we showed who was the best team on this field and deserved to host another AFC championship for four straight years. But you can call him D-Nice. I'm not sure Danon Hughes could still be decompressing in the parking lot at Arrowhead. Good morning, Danon. Morning, fellas. Happy post-Merry uh, Christmas. I don't know <laughs> what do you call the day after, but uh, hopefully everybody had a blessed and Merry Christmas. You as well. What did the uh, the Raiders do to get after the Chiefs offense, and was it more them than Chiefs underperforming, or was it a combination of Chiefs offense has gotten to this stage, and then the, the Raiders knew how to exploit it? Yeah, you know what? It was it it was tough to watch because uh for the first time this season I felt like it wasn't us. And that was a concern uh that's concerning for us going forward. And and it's not that, you know, everybody should jump off the ship now and that the Chiefs are uh you know, that we're going to be one and done in the playoffs or anything like that. It's just that if you look at the course of the prior five games we lost, you could make an argument that in just about every one of those games, it was us. Like we did something that, um, you know, it was correctable. And then when we saw what the Raiders did, which is kind of what they've done over the past few years, especially since they've had Max Crosby is they lined up their two guys on the outside and they just rushed them really fast around the edges of our tackles. And ultimately what they were saying is that we're going to squeeze from the outside in and force Patrick to either step up in the pocket or at least make their presence felt to get him a little bit concerned. And having success at that, Josh, early in the game, I felt like it really – kind of shook up Patrick a little bit where he just got off of his rhythm 
didn't really look like he was comfortable in the pocket. And even though he made some really good throws, uh, you just felt like every time he dropped back, he was already looking over his shoulder to see where those guys were. And I, I feel like that's a recipe for success against us right now. And I think that's a recipe for success against any quarterback in the league. If you got them thinking about the rush more than going through the progressions and allowing the receivers routes to unfold down the field, uh, that's kind of a win for the defense. And uh, if you think about the rush that we'll see this week against the Bengals, the rush that we'll see against the Chargers, uh, there's some concern there that I think we have to get back to the basics. Uh, And I think justifiably so. When you lose a game at home, another game at home, a game where you you have an opportunity to secure the AFC West title for the eighth straight year and you lose in that fashion with two games left, the concern is real. You mentioned thinking about the rush before you're letting everything else unfold. I came out of that one yesterday, Danny, and thinking that was a little like the Bucks Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of how it felt. Like and and it and his reaction to that rush was very similar. If you, if people want to think back, if we really want to think back, I don't know if anybody really wants to, but if we, really be asked, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we really want to think back to that Super Bowl, think back to the 490-plus yards of rushing that Patrick had going backwards and scrambling around trying to make something happen because of the outside, basically the outside rush of the the Buccaneers, and that's exactly what we saw yesterday. Max Crosby, to me, is one of the top defenders in the NFL uh, because of his engine. Like I, I, we talked about it before the game, it was one of my keys to winning was to Max protect with the extra X because he is a menace. And the fact that he had coming into the game 13 and a half sacks, but the 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 more uh, glaring aspect of his game is that he was third on the team in tackles with 80 tackles to think that a guy like that comparing him to Chris Jones, who, I mean, I guess he's like our Chris Jones and Chris Jones is a force in the backfield, you know, nearing double digit sacks again. And, but he's only got, you know, 30 tackles, maybe 20 something tackles on the season and for a guy like Max Crosby to have 80 coming into that game tells you about what kind of menace he's been, and we just didn't we didn't we didn't handle him very well. How do you look at it, Dana? Would you think back at this uh, from the player's perspective? So wide receivers getting open, and then do you trust him if you're the quarterback as well? You're running the pressure. Mahomes set a career high in rushing with 387 yards with two games left, so he's ran the ball more this year than he ever has in his career. Is it not trusting the line? Is it maybe not trusting the receivers, even if they break away to throw it to them? Or do you think all these things, or did a lot of it come on Mahomes with reads? Or is it so prevalent you're worried so much about the line, you're worried about guys catching it, that you don't want to pull the trigger on throwing the ball? I think it's a mixture, Bank. And I give him credit because there are times where the smart move is to tuck it and run. That, like that, there are times where, and it's not necessarily because the the pocket collapses or because the protection isn't there. It's just that maybe the defense has dropped out, and we've seen that. I mean, you can go back to 
that great run that he had against the Titans in this first Super Bowl run where he, he scampered down the sideline. That was the smart move. It wasn't necessarily that there was bad protection. It's not always that. And I think that's where fans have to recognize that sometimes when Patrick takes the ball and runs with it, uh, the key fourth down that we converted yesterday where he had the, the inside trap, the fake, and then he just ran around the edge and slid for the first down. That's not that's that's somewhat of a designed play. He has a run pass option and he opted to run the ball and get the first down. It's smart. But then there's times where you kind of wonder and and nobody can read his mind. Uh nobody knows what he's feeling in that huddle, but you kind of wonder is he leaving the pocket because he's not necessarily comfortable? waiting for that deep in to come across the field, waiting for that deep post to materialize, uh, waiting for those routes to unfold? Or is it because he's uh, not trusting the receivers and he trusts himself more? I think there's a mix, a healthy mix in there. Uh, but that's where the film study comes in. I guarantee today, if they're in the, if they're in the facility, which I believe they are because it's a short week, uh, if they're in the facility and they're watching film or he's at home watching it on his iPad, he's got to look himself in the mirror and wonder, you know what, hey, guys, I, like this is a game of trust. Regardless of, you know, how things are unfolding and how many hits I'm taking, like I got to trust the other 10 guys to do their job. And part of that job is the protection. And part of the other job is I got to throw it to guys that are eligible receivers down the field and trust that they can make those plays. Chiefs color analyst Danon Hughes joining us here on 610 Sports Radio Bank. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you, since we're, st- we're sticking with offense, I'm going to have you ask him the, uh, the question about the snap counts. <laughs> oh, the snap counts? Oh. Well, well Danon, I've been uh, – I, I really like Richie James the last couple of weeks. And here's the thing. You see him in St. Joe. I mean, the guy does catch everything. And they do trust him on punt returns. And he catches them with a the guy, like, within a yard of, in front of his face. Three catches, 54 yards. He only has 33% of the snaps. MVS has 80% and doesn't have a catch. And I get it. They play kind of different roles. But are we going to start seeing maybe some more Richie James? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I think uh, you have to warrant uh, extra playing time for, for him. And even Andy Reid had talked about it coming into this game. But when Sky Moore goes down and you look at the nature of the receiving core, like, when one guy goes down, yeah, MVS is going to have to pick up some of those reps. And Richie James is also. And, but at the same time, very rarely do you see a guy get a bulk of the offensive reps and then still leaned on for kick returning and punt return duties. Um, I mean, it's not like he's Tyreek Hill uh, out there or Antonio Brown when he was with the Steelers. I mean, he's got to be a guy that, you understand he's got to be a factor in the special teams game and the punt return, but you can't, he can't be gassed on offense uh, in lieu of that. So there's a healthy balance that has to occur with Richie James, but I think he's definitely warranted more playing time. And I thought coming out of training camp, he was one of the better receivers uh, from a playmaking standpoint that I had seen up in St. Joe. And it's fitting that he's getting his opportunities now and hopefully uh, by his elevated reps, Patrick will feel more comfortable and more confident in the receiving core, or at least the opportunity to throw him the ball. And we saw that on that last drive with 
the the one route that he allowed to materialize as far as a deep route down the field, or Richie James came through on that deep end and made a play. So I, I think it's going to warrant more reps for him, but there's just definitely going to have to be a balance when he has to handle the punt return and kick return duties. Did something in the matchups warrant uh, MVS playing as much as Travis Kelsey and being the most used skill guy yesterday? Uh, I, I have to believe most of the reps, if you watched MVS on the field, most of his routes were deep routes. And whether we like it or not, whether we want to believe that he can still be a viable force on offense, um, that's his that's his thing. That's what he brings to the table is uh, stretching the defense. Now, we still have to have confidence and throw him the ball and hope that he can make the plays down the field. Uh, but we also have to have protection to give Patrick enough time to take those chances down the field. And it didn't seem like there was all of that work together in sync yesterday. Uh, there were many times that I saw him running down the field and then coming off the sideline because he had ran a 40-yard route or a couple of 40-yard routes and didn't get the ball. So he was gassed and he had to tap his helmet and come to the sideline and somebody had to, to sub in for him. So it's clearly an aspect of the offense that MVS is going to be the deep threat uh, we just have to take those shots when they present themselves. All right, you never know with uh, with concussions, but uh, Pacheco with a concussion, uh, McKinnon on IR, you could have a week with Ceh and Lamichael P Ryan as your two available running backs. Yeah, I mean, but it, that's the thing about this offense. I think this, you know, I don't think that's an aspect of concern for me is okay. the running back position because Andy Reid has shown it's always been about a uh, you know a two horse race. You know, even if you go back to his days with the Eagles, he's always had a one-two punch at the running back position. So I'm not really concerned about that, especially with the 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 play of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We got a chance to talk to him after the game. Uh, he made some key plays in the game. He seems like he's got a renewed energy about him and an attitude that I think makes him a, a viable force on this offense. But at the same time, like we saw Isaiah Pacheco get up and – leave the locker room. Like I talked to him right next to Clyde's locker, uh, told him Merry Christmas. He was, he, he seemed like he was good. Now the protocols are the protocols. So we'll see how that unfolds, especially with a short week. But like, I'm confident with, with those guys in the backfield and Denaric Prince, if he is elevated again, we'll go into the game with probably three running backs, whoever those guys will be. And it'll be just like a normal week. Now, I, yeah, somebody somebody texted me last night. How's Pacheco doing? And I said, yeah, I saw him leave the locker room. He had sunglasses on. But I don't know if that was because of concussion or just because he's wearing sunglasses. You know, you never know. Yeah. Like, it could yeah. have been just a look. I don't know. <laughs> wasn't, yeah. wasn't dealing with the effects of concussion. It, just, it looked cool <laughs> to have sunglasses on. I was like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. It could be anything. All right, David, I'm not going to ask you one question about the defense because I'm leaving them alone. Yeah. I mean, you give up eight points <laughs> in the game. Nothing uh, to <laughs> There's nothing to talk about. Not yep. at all. Do your thing. <laughs> Do your thing, Spags. All right. D-Nice, thanks for the time. All right, guys. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.